Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to Trust the Tape, episode 37,004. Monumental episode today. I'm Jeff Kavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter. Alongside my co-host, the great Dane Brugler. You can get him at DP Brugler on Twitter. And we say good morning, Dane. Good morning. We, uh... This is a Wednesday morning, so we have the playoff committee updated rankings, the final rankings before the final rankings, uh, before conference championship weekend. And, you know, just briefly going over the top 10, I don't know if any of these are surprised. I think it was a little surprised to see Auburn so high, but let's go through them real quick. Clemson at one, Auburn at two, Oklahoma at three, Wisconsin four. Alabama 5, Georgia 6, Miami 7, Ohio State, Penn State, and USC to round out the top 10. Any of those surprise you? Not much. I thought this would be, I thought, I my guess was Oklahoma 2, Auburn 3. So that was a different order than I thought it would be. But it's interesting because when they have Kirby Hocutt, committee mm-hmm. man, when mm-hmm. they talk to him, like sometimes the things he says, they're true and sometimes they're lies. Um, but it does seem like they care about wins more than they care about losses. So Auburn, you have two losses, but in three weeks, you beat the number one team twice and to be ahead of say undefeated Wisconsin to be ahead of one loss. OU. okay. That part of it seems to be true. If you have really, really big wins, they care more than if you had a stumble somewhere. So that's fine. Uh, I think where Alabama is, is the only thing that mattered to Hmm. me. I wanted to know where is Alabama? relative to Miami and relative to Ohio State. Because if the top four went out, it's over. You're good. Right. They all won a conference title. Let's go. We're going to go play playoff football. Right. Let's dance. But if Clemson loses to Miami, who is number what? Miami's what? Seven. Does number seven Miami, obviously Clemson will fall out of the top four. Mm-hmm. Who goes in? Is it number five Alabama that slides up or does Miami jump up in there? Same thing with Ohio State, Wisconsin. If Ohio State beats Wisconsin, Wisconsin falls out, who goes in? That to me is the only conversation. You know, I heard Kirk Herbstreet uh, last night. He said, what's wrong with TCU? You know, if they win the Big 12 title. And I immediately said uh, on the Twitter, what's wrong is Kirby Hocutt is a liar. The brand matters. TCU's brand, now the resume makes it easily defensible, but right. TCU's brand never doesn't stand a chance in a scenario like this. What's you TCU's stand, best win? You don't, yeah. Um, Oklahoma State. State. I mean. It's, yeah. Well, it'll be OU. Right. That would be right, their biggest right. win. But I just, I don't think, even if the resumes were close, TCU doesn't have a chance because the brand does matter. They do care how many people watch. They do care how much money they make. They absolutely care. There would be someone in that room from the Big 12 like, come on, TCU. But you're not going to beat Alabama, Ohio State, Miami. 
And Kirby Hokut is the AD at Texas Tech, so yeah, yeah well. I mean, you know he's he's a guy that understands that. But and like you said, this could either be really easy or really complicated. Yeah, because if Clemson, Auburn, OU, and Wisconsin win, which there's a very good chance that happens, then yeah, the top four stands pat. One thing that Hokut said that was interesting to me is he said teams five through eight, which is Alabama, Georgia, Miami, Ohio State, and let's be realistic, there are eight teams that still have a shot. Sorry, Penn State at 9, USC 10, TCU, you guys, you're out. Yeah. There's eight teams that have a shot. He said that teams 5 through 8 are very, very similar, are very close. And one, If that's true, Bama doesn't have a chance. And that's, But it's not true. Well, and I'm not sure. I, I kind of believe it. And I one thing that has been true in past, just look, using past rankings as uh, you know a barometer of how we could, how we should judge us and try and forecast this this year. They go week to week, like they're not forecasting ahead of time. So Alabama at five, okay, but they can't do anything to improve upon that. Right. So they don't take into account next week yet. So if Ohio State goes out and beats Wisconsin by twenty points, that that's huge. If Miami goes out and beats Clemson, even if it's by a field goal, last second field goal. They love the committee loves Clemson. I think there's a good. I think the ACC has a good chance of getting two teams in. I don't. I'm not. I'm not as worried about Alabama getting in as other people. Uh, I, I think it's going to take a lot. The eye test is going to matter more this weekend than it's ever mattered before because it all. It's really going to matter how you played, how you won. If Miami goes out there and plays a complete game, much better than they did against Pitt when they just laid an egg then I, I do think ACC has a good chance of getting two teams in. And I know that there's going to be a lot of conspiracy theories about getting Alabama in, getting that brand in, getting Saban in. You know, it'd be the first time Alabama didn't make it. So, but I I don't know. I'm, I'm not as, I'm not buying into that. I think there's a very good chance Alabama gets left out. I, th- I did think it was... You're a trusting man, Dane. I did think it was a little You're curious a that Fresno State who Alabama did beat, got into the top 25 this week. That way, Oh, yeah, we got to get their schedule looking right. Back. Alabama, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alabama can say now they have three top 25 wins. Mississippi yeah. State, which lost uh, in the Egg Bowl to Ole Miss, they stood in there. Yeah, of course they did. When realistically, Mississippi State and Fresno State could have been left out, um, and then Alabama would have had one top 25 win in LSU. But again, it's about who you win and not who you lost to, and... Ohio State, if they beat Wisconsin, they'll have three wins against top 16 teams in the current rankings. Alabama wouldn't have any. And I do I do think that matters. If Miami wins, they'll have that big win against Clemson. That's a big deal. I don't know. I'm just I'm not as worried about Alabama getting in. But again, it depends on the eye test this weekend and what happens. Um I it's 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 fascinating. So okay. If Ohio State wins by a point, Bama gets in. Assuming Clemson, everything OU. else is chalk. Right. Yeah, everything else is chalk. Ohio State barely beats Wisconsin. It depends on how they play. Uh, if they if they play like they did against they Michigan, beat them two to nothing. Yeah, Alabama's getting in. Okay. Yeah, I'll agree there. Fifty to forty eight. Uh, yeah. It, I don't think Wisconsin's capable of doing that against Ohio State Stevens. But if they do, I don't know. It's tough because. Again, Alabama, yeah, they've got the the cachet, they've got the name, the, uh, the you know, they have the eye test in several of their games, but against Auburn, it's not like it was, you know, the game in the fourth quarter seemed like 
It just wasn't the same Alabama. I mean, they were making mental mistakes. They weren't executing. They weren't making explosive plays. Um, this year's playoff just doesn't look as sexy to me at this point. At this point, you don't it's, think so? it's Clemson, Wisconsin, and it's not Deshaun Watson's Clemson. It's not Mike Williams' Clemson. It's not Wayne Gallman's Clemson uh, against Wisconsin. And then you got OU, which is exciting because you have the Heisman winner, and that's over. Um, where did I get lost? One, two, and then three is... Or Auburn's two. Auburn is two. Yeah, and Auburn, who right now, on Johnson is their biggest name. They're running back. Yeah, he's awesome. And he's he's awesome. If he's healthy. Um, but, it's, but it's Auburn. Auburn, that name is not as sexy to your average college football fan. Yeah, I will. You get the Heisman winner in there, but other than that... <clears throat> So basically, this, team, this Clemson team is not nearly as sexy as last year's Clemson. So you're, you're trying to make a case for what Alabama or Ohio State? That I think brand matters for reasons like that. Because yeah. I think they want to. I, I think they want mass appeal, I, and I, I think Bama gives you that. What I like about this year's Final Four, they want Scotty to lose. I know that probably. Yeah, they want Scotty to lose. What I love about this year's Final Four is like the. The first three years, Alabama was the clear favorite going in. Yeah, okay. there's not one now. There isn't, and that's what makes it fun because you look at okay, if it say it, it holds pat as it is, Clemson, Wisconsin, Clemson will be favored, but if Wisconsin goes and beats Ohio State, uh, you know I, I think that you know there will be real belief that they could knock off Clemson and Auburn, Oklahoma. You don't tell me you want to see Auburn, Oklahoma. That'd be a lot of fun. That Oklahoma offense led by Baker Mayfield, the Heisman winner, like you said, against that Auburn defense that just, you know, has, has been awesome down the stretch. Uh, we'll see what, if on Johnson's healthy. Jarrett Stidham's really coming into his own. I don't know. I I, I, I get the Wisconsin part of it, um, and largely because there's a lot of unknowns with Wisconsin. Uh, you know, the, if they beat Ohio State, great. But besides that, they don't have a really impressive win. Uh, and so I, I get the kind of the skepticism with Wisconsin, but I don't know. I, I, I do. I am excited for the potential of, of this cl- of this uh, Final Four. I just think I think this year more than ever, and there's nothing wrong with this. To, it, you could view this as a positive. You won't really know if you got the best four teams. I don't think. No. Like there is absolutely a chance that there are teams outside the top four that would win the tournament. There's yeah. absolutely that chance. But that's and it's kind of why the top four. Or, we don't have a four-team playoff, okay? The playoffs already started. Like, this weekend, it's already the playoffs. You win, you have a good chance of advancing. If you lose, you're done. Uh, maybe except for Clemson. I think if Clemson loses, they still have an outside chance of making it. Uh, like I said, I think the ACC has an outside chance of getting two teams. But the playoffs had already started. The The playoffs, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like a round robin where, you know, double elimination. Alabama, yes, they lost to Auburn. They still have a chance to get back into it. But if Al- if Alabama took care of you know their business against Auburn, they advance. So the playoffs had already started, and that's what makes college football so great. Is the regular season, especially in November, it's like the playoffs already get getting going. So I and for those reasons, and the fact that if we had an 18 playoff, I don't think there's as much outrage. I don't see this top four changing anytime soon in terms of the number of teams that get into the playoff. Uh probably. I mean, it, here's what I've never understood. The NCAA, make no bones about it, they're about getting rich. Mm-hmm. They're about making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. The non-playoff bowls have already been knocked down because they're not the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. They, they don't carry the same weight as they did because right. they're not a playoff game. There's more money to be made. That's why I don't understand the resistance to it. Like the idea that, like, who is opposing it? Right. More bowls become playoff bowls. 
more people are watching. You're adding a football game or two or three. And like I've just I've never understood because that's what they care about. They care about people in suits that are on committees get a bunch of money and ADs get a bunch of money and schools make a bunch of money and the kids get no money. Right. And that's all very, very important. There's more money available. That's the only reason I've never understood why the fight, why the pushback. I think the main, Although it is massive, it creates massive conversation having a top right, four. Right. And, and the I think the the hesitancy to do it is because it takes away from the regular season. If you make it an 18 playoff, then Miami's lost a pit. Doesn't mean much. Uh, Alabama losing to Auburn doesn't mean much. You know, like the Iron Bowl, both teams are going to get in. You know, a very good chance both teams get in. So it just, I think it takes away from the regular season. And that's something that college football is very weary of losing is it means more than any other regular season and any other sport. And so that's what college football doesn't want to lose. I do think, I mean, you make a, a very valid point about, you know, if there's more playoff games, it means more money, more chances to, uh, you know, bring in revenue. But at the same time, you know, I, would it take away from part of the regular season? I think it might. And that's something that I think they're hesitant to go towards. So, it's yeah, it's just it's a little bit weird to me because, as the great Mike Leach said, uh, high school football playoff, bigger playoff, much bigger playoff. Mm-hmm. College football at is there still a Division three playoff? Mm-hmm. Division three playoff. Division at two. F- FCS. CS. Yep. Bigger playoff. NFL. Bigger playoff. <laughs> FBS. Four teams. Yeah. It's just weird. It is. And being unique. Can be good. Right. To your point, it can be a good thing. All right, let's recap. The winner of the SEC championship is in. It's basically a play-in game. Winner of the ACC championship, they're in. A, play, a play-in game. Uh, Wisconsin, the other two, maybe not. Yeah, if Wisconsin wins, they're in. If Ohio State wins, they have a good chance. Uh, if OU wins, they're in. I don't think the ACC game is a play-in game. You don't? No. I can see Miami being held out and Bama making it. See, I'd be really surprised by that, but I, but Clemson. To your point, Clemson is all the way at number one. Right, that should be enough. Like, what is Alabama is not going to do college anything? Football conspiracy guy. Right, all they care about is money, and I believe that they would prefer Bama over Miami, and they could find a way to make it happen. It did hurt uh, Clemson that Notre Dame lost to Stanford. Uh, you know, it takes away some from that when they Miami that win over Notre Dame for Miami. So that hurt a little bit, but still, I, if they knock off the number one team. I, I do think, and look, they my, should make it. Bama's resume is not very good. Let's not. It's act not very like, good at all. Let's not act like Miami is. You know, I, Miami has plenty of brand power. I mean, it's not Alabama plenty, right now, yeah. but it has plenty of brand power. I don't think the brand is going to keep Alabama over Miami. I I do think ACC championship game is a playing game. Uh, I think if I'm Alabama, yes, I do want Ohio State to beat Wisconsin, but I think the easiest path for me to get there is for TCU to upset OU. Which, you know, if we watch the first game, it seems like a long shot. Yeah. But this is a neutral game. Uh, it's not Norman. Uh, you call it neutral. It's being played 15 minutes from TCU's campus. Right. But I could make a, you know, a good chance there'll be more OU fans in attendance. Probably. You know, so it's... Brand. <laughs> it'll be... Uh, that, that's For Alabama to get in, that would be the easiest path. Uh, TCU beats OU... I think Alabama would get the edge over OU in that in that scenario, and then no matter what Ohio State does, OU would get the edge over Ohio State because they'd both be two loss teams, and OU would have the head to head tiebreaker, 
and then Alabama likely gets the edge over OU uh, just because they have a better defense. Yeah, if OU loses, they're out. Right. So I'm I'm sure they're out. Yeah, I that for Alabama to get in, can they get in with Ohio State winning and OU winning? Yes, it's possible to get in over Ohio State. But the, for them to get in, I think they, they're rooting big time for TCU and Ohio State to win this weekend. If those two things happen, I think Alabama's in. Anything else, I think it becomes much more of a long shot. All right, what else do you want to do? Because I have something that has nothing to do with the current landscape of college football. It's more of a draft thing okay. that we talked with Stephen Jones about, and I want to get your take on it. Okay. Uh, well, but if you have anything else, recap, preview, whatever. I, I do think we need to touch on the coaching real quick, all the coaching Chip. carousel. Chip is back. Chip Kelly to UCLA, home run hire, right? I mean, that's, um, I think that's the biggest hire so far. Uh, it's UCLA is a program that has tradition, uh, but they haven't been relevant in terms of like being a national power in what, 20 years, over 20 years? That's the 90s, basically. So uh, it, it makes sense him being back on the West Coast, recruiting region he's comfortable with. And it's just a less profile place where he's not going to have to worry about things uh, as much as, say, Florida. And speaking of Florida, they made a hire, Dan Mullen. Uh, well, that's probably a really good hire, too, right? He's yeah. been there before. He was the OC during the Tebow years. He worked with Tebow, Dak Prescott. He worked with Fitzgerald this year. Right. Like, if you are in the SEC and you're struggling to get quarterback play, which Florida is right now, maybe maybe Dan Mullen can uh, fix that. Mullen showed that he can build. He was at Mississippi State, not for one or two or three years. He was there for seven years, and he showed he could do it with multiple quarterbacks. I mean, he developed Dak Prescott, developed Nick Fitzgerald. Uh, I mean, he's he proved he can build a program. And so it might not be a sexy name, but I think it's a very good hire for Florida. Uh, to Is get, Jimbo really going to leave Florida State for A&M? It's looking more and more like, yeah, that's going to happen. It's just weird to me. It is weird. I, I get it. Um, I hear about the facilities and whatever else you want to pitch, but... If you're A&M, I get it that you have tradition. You do not have the relevance of Florida State the last couple decades. And that matters. Like, I yeah. just, it, it's weird to me that you would... To me, that's not a lateral move. That is a down move. To go from Florida State to Texas A&M. The only reason I think it's... I, I do agree with you, but I think it's more of a lateral move. I, I think it's close. The only reason I, I would give Florida State the edge in terms of being a better job is... The conference, yes, the ACC is a tough conference, and you have to deal with Clemson, um, and then you know Miami's on the upswing. But, but you're not to deal with Bama. You're not in the SEC West, and that's where A&M is, where you have to face every year Alabama, Auburn, LSU, and then some of those years Ole Miss is going to be good, Mississippi State's going to be good, uh, Arkansas. I mean, just it, it's a much tougher conference and road. Why would to you get want to, that? Well, yeah. Why would you? I, mean, I don't know. It's a tougher road to get to the a, a playoff spot uh, doing that, but. You know what? Sometimes the change of scenery is good. Sometimes, you know, you just don't fit at a place. And I don't know. Jimbo Fisher hasn't gone out of his way to shoot down these rumors. I mean, it's just, it's everything's in Florida State. They're not in the ACC championship game, but they have a makeup game this weekend. And so once that game is over, we're going to hear more about this. And it just seems more and more likely it's going to happen. I mean, for A&M. It'd be huge for A&M. It'd be great for them. And if you don't get him, then you're. I don't know what you're going to do because yeah. um, the carousel's in full swing. All these other guys are going elsewhere. Mississippi State, speaking of them, Joe Moorhead, the new head coach, former OC at Penn State, uh, a great offensive mind. Uh, Mississippi State, uh, I, I thought that was a great hire by them. 
Uh, Nebraska, Mike Riley's out. This seems like a Scott Frost, uh, Nebraska uh, marriage here. Uh, of course, Frost played for them in the 90s. I'd bring in Tommy Frazier. He's a better player. You see what Frost is doing at UCF? I mean, it's it's Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I just, you got to believe in Tommy. I mean, if Jason Witten's going to be the head coach of Tennessee, I think you need Tommy Frazier at Nebraska. Sure. Why not? I think that would be a great bit. You well, just yeah. bring back an all-time great at every school. Darren McFadden at Arkansas. I he just retired. He's got nothing to do. Vince Young isn't doing anything. Yeah. Go take over Texas. Uh, and then, as of this taping, Arkansas, Arizona State, Oregon State, a few other programs still looking for... Uh, for head coaching, uh, uh, Coach Graham out there at Arizona State. I know that you got a, you probably got a good chunk of change on the way out. But if you need mm. a place to stay, let me know. Uh, that's that's my high school head coach at Allen High School, Todd Graham. That's my guy. Man. So, Coach, if you need anything, I know you burned some bridges. Uh, you didn't burn mine. Okay? If you get replaced by Herm Edwards, that's rough. That's a big name. Yeah, that's a big name. Big name because he's on. T- he Who else is it? It's Herm and, and Mac uh, Brown. Brown. Yeah, look at these names we're pulling out. I've heard Pep Hamilton being talked about for that job. It's just, oh, man. Anybody else that's been fired, you can't stay on my couch. But Coach Graham, if you need me, I got you. I think we we talked all this, but we didn't mention Tennessee. Uh, the mess put there with the Greg Schiano. I mean, we weren't gonna, we're not going to go deep into this one, but what an embarrassment for that program. Yeah. Regardless, uh, regardless of what side you're on, right? It's it's an embarrassment. Yeah, outrage culture can make a lot of things happen. It's weird because it's going to go both ways here. Mm. Like it's the reason that they pulled the offer mm-hmm. is because people got outraged, and then reasonable people who were the most informed about the situation got outraged. That outrage cost him his job, and so now the AD is going to come under fire for that outrage. Yeah, and it's like yeah, and they, and they welcome should. to Twitter. Oh yeah, I mean if you look it. it <sighs> I've I've read enough from people who are more informed on the Sandusky case than I will ever be, and it just seems like Shiano's character is getting drugged through the mud here. And I mean, this guy's got a family. This guy has a reputation, and you know, I think a lot of Tennessee fans. I've had some even admit it to me that they're using the Sandusky case as a cover just because they don't want him. You know, they're not they're not thrilled. Well, and with the, the ringleader hire. who started it or who is the biggest voice is a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a bad guy. It was Clay Travis. He's he's a bad person. There, um, there's a he he should not be able to incite a riot, which he basically did. Uh, and he's a bad writer. He's a bad everything. I shouldn't do all this on the podcast. I shouldn't put that. Well, out. and but Whatever. it just. I mean, I look. I agree with some of the stuff Clay Travis says. I disagree with a lot of stuff Clay Travis says. Um, I obviously disagree with what he did here, but it's just all he does is hurt his program. I yeah. mean, it hurts Tennessee. It it makes Tennessee look. Uh, come out of this looking terrible, and you know. like the danger is, is that now your coaching pool might be T. Martin, where it's like yeah. you have to get a Tennessee guy who, no matter what, is like, "Hey, Tennessee is the job I can get. I like Tennessee. I'll go to Tennessee." Yeah, we'll see if uh, you know Mike Gundy shot him down. We'll see if uh, you know Mike Gundy shot down seven million a year at Tennessee. Yeah, I mean it's well, I mean his his best. I mean Oklahoma State. I know is he's been there forever, and you know it. If he sees if finds it home, that's great for him, and he's getting paid well enough there. He doesn't have to go anywhere, and that's probably going to be uh, an easier chance for him to win at Oklahoma State than in the SEC. But I don't know. We'll see where Tennessee goes from here. Um, let's talk about. Would you have to talk about with the draft? Okay, so we had um, we had Stephen Jones mm-hmm. on. Was that yesterday or the day before? Or something? The, 
Vice president of the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. And very influential in building the roster and the salary cap and all that stuff. He's probably more the GM than Jerry these days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Him and Will McClay are the GMs of the Cowboys. But I was asking him about something because we love covering the NFL draft, so I like to try to confirm things that I already think or know about the teams that I cover. In my case, it's the Cowboys. And so I asked him about, and I actually used Carl Lawson's name in the question, Hmm. I asked him about defensive ends and how important length and height and things like that are for the Dallas Cowboys, and if you don't have those, if that can sort of disqualify you. And his quote was something along the lines of, uh, yeah, we we would view it as tough to be successful with a shorter defensive end. And, he, and then he used Rod Marinelli's name. He's like, Rod likes guys. And he's talking about Rod Marinelli, longtime defensive coordinator, very respected around the NFL. And it just drives me bonkers. And I wonder which, for you, my question for you would be, I, I mean, I like to kick around this topic first, but what are other things that NFL teams will look at and they'll be like, this is a threshold. And if people don't make this threshold, we won't pick them. Right. I get why you do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in place for a reason because sure. you've done the work and you see that the chances of success are greater here and not as great here. So, hey, we're just going to avoid that. Right. But we watch these guys. There's a reason this is called Trust the Tape. Mm-hmm. We both watched Carl Lawson play at Auburn. And for me, I went back just to check my rankings just to see where I had him because I knew I thought he was a first-round player. I had him as my second-edge player behind Miles Garrett. He was number two for me. And I just, like, he made it to the fourth round, and that's fine. He had medical concerns. Was it a knee and a hip or whatever? Right. And so, sure, maybe if you've got medical concerns, you drop out of the first and into the second because you're not a prototype and you're dinged up. But that sort of player, to fall that far, it should be embarrassing for every NFL. The Bengals should be embarrassed because they waited until the fourth round. When a player is that good, why do NFL teams stick to these are our threshold? Why would you not do what we do, watch the tape, and say, listen, this guy's not for everybody mm-hmm. because he does have these shortcomings. However, he's a freaking 260-pound tank with pass rush moves that beats NFL players in college on the regular, and those players aren't changing when they get right. to the league. He's going to win. Right. But NFL teams are just like, oh, we'll just pass. Look, it's, it, it's infuriating. Some position thresholds make sense. Um, you know, and okay, so for the quarterback position, a threshold of arm strength. You know, the better arm doesn't mean you're the better quarterback. Uh, you know, we, Jamarcus Russell, uh, Osweiler. I mean, a strong arm is great, but it's it's more of a threshold. As long as you ha- hit a certain mark with your arm strength, you're good enough to play. Uh, and then everything else comes into play. Uh, sub 200 pound safeties. Those guys rarely stay healthy in the NFL. Was Buddha 200? Uh, he was, I'd, I'd have picked he, Buddha. I'll trust the tape. Yeah, no, but he, but he, the way you play him, you're going to protect him a little bit. Uh, we just don't have many sub 200 pound safeties in the NFL. So I get that right short corners, you know, when you're uh, a five, nine, five, 10 corner and you have to cover, uh, you know, a six, four receiver. I mean, it's just, it's a matter of inches. It's just, it's impossible for, uh, you could play perfect coverage, but a a better throw is going to beat you every time. So thresholds I get, but when it comes down to the critical factors at each position, that matters much more now. Okay. For, you know, in, Interior defensive linemen, the ability to create movement is big for an inside uh, defensive tackle, especially a three technique, the ability to create movement. So length certainly helps with that. 
because it keeps blockers off your body and you know you can create that speed to power. The best one in the league is six foot tall. Exactly. It, so it doesn't matter, you know, you, we get so caught up with the size, but it's more about the critical factors. And again, sometimes the size will help with those critical factors, but can you do it? And number one question should be, can you play? Can you do what you need to do? And it, it, we get so caught up in the size. We get so caught up in some of the measurables at the combine and the testing. Uh, it, some of it matters. I mean, some of it I care about a lot because uh, it helps forecast athleticism and it gives you a comparison tool to players combine that aren't before. The combine told us Dalvin Cook isn't a good athlete. Yeah. We watched him play. He's an explosive running exactly. back. Exactly. And, you know, he fell to what? He fell outside the top 40 picks. Yeah. And, he got hurt, but right. he was having... He was the feature of their offense. And, you know, he, he was an ACL. It wasn't like it was, right. you know, a, a, a concern with, you know, a shoulder or anything like that that we talked about uh, pre-draft. So, yeah, it's something that, look, each position, there are three to five critical factors that you you should be looking for, uh, and it varies by position. And in none of those is it size, length, uh, it, that that doesn't matter. Now, again, size and length can help you with some of those critical factors, you know, creating uh, movement, whatever, uh, but it, it's it's not one of those critical factors that matter the most. And Carl, okay, for an edge rusher, one of the the two most in, important factors for an edge rusher, initial and closing speed, those two things. This was yes and yes. Exactly. And then how about move and counter move? It, yes and yes. Exactly. How about power? Yes. It, so, uh, you know, there was so much that Carl Lawson offered that, you know, I don't care what size he is because he can do these things. And it's not like he's from the FCS level. It's not like he's from a lower level. He played in the SEC. So he went up against Laramie Tunsil. He went up against big time offensive tackle. So, yeah, I was, if I'm a Cowboys fan, it's really disappointing that you hear that from a Stephen Jones who, you know, is has a loud voice in the war room when you're building the board and everything. Uh, well, I think it comes from his coordinator, though. I don't think that's his. Yeah. I think it's probably, Rod Marinelli's. And that's a different discussion. And that's why you get Taco Charlton. Yeah. And, in the first round. And look, I, I still have hope for Taco Charlton. I think he can be a good player in this league. I think he can start. But it's just I, tough when your team is the one that you pull up the notes on the guy they pick, and every note is like, he looks like he should be able to, right? but he can't. And that that's pretty much everything. It's like, he looks like it. Someone's going to pick him because he looks like it. Looks he the has, part. Yeah, he looks it. Yeah. and That dude looks like at the end. And that's I'll it, take the dude that plays like one over the one that looks like one. I mean, we can get the Josh Allen discussion and quarterback Wyoming. Who I'll take Baker Mayfield. Looks the part, and you know the the traits. I, I've said it before. It's it's scouting catnip. Yeah, that, that's what Josh Allen is because he has he has the, a great arm. He has Matt Stafford like arm. He's six five two forty, and he can run around like uh. You know, like one of the, he'll be one of the best athletes at quarterback once he enters the league. So, take my little guy with less arm that's been awesome. Yeah. Powerful. Less arm. Uh, he's not as good of an athlete as Josh Allen and he's not nearly as big. But again, it's about can you be accurate downfield? Can you make the right decisions? Uh, and can you throw with timing? And that's something that Baker Mayfield gets the edge in every single category over Josh, Josh Allen. So yeah, I don't, I don't blame you at all. It's, it's something that is, and it's not going away. And, th- Look, we're beating up on the Cowboys, but they're not the only team that does this. There are plenty of teams. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, no. this is throughout the league that uh, get you know so caught up in the measurables that get away from the tape and get away from, you know, can he play? And 
that's why a big reason this this podcast is called Trust the Tape because it's so important. That's more than anything tells you about who a player is, who he can be. Uh, it helps you, you know, forecast for the next level. So, and I'm not saying the combine and all that doesn't matter. It does. I care greatly about getting the exact measurements on a guy or you know figuring out the the speed and the athleticism and the strength uh, and then being able to compare it not only to the current class guys in the current class but to past classes and it, so it's something that does matter but just don't get too caught watch up watch him play That's DeAndre it. Hopkins isn't fast enough and he's not that big and I took so what I took so much heat in that draft when I when Tavon Austin was drafted in the top 10 and I that I said it was ridiculous that DeAndre Hopkins is by far the better wide receiver. And then later in the first round, Texans got a steal with Hopkins. I think it was like pick 27 or something like that. Just well, he's not huge and he's not crazy. fast. How could he possibly be good at wide receiver? Yeah, he only won at the catch point. Yeah. It was outstanding. And he might be the it. best in the history of the league at it. Yeah. Um, all right, a few other draft notes. Connor Williams, the left tackle at Texas, he announced he is going pro. Uh, he's skipping the bowl game as well, which. Uh, I get it because he missed most of the year with a knee injury. He doesn't want to get hurt again. Because he's only played in three or four games this year, I thought it was it makes sense for him to play in the bowl game, a chance to put good tape out there. But, you know, he'll have plenty of opportunities in the pre-draft process to show he's, oh, this is about what to he get, can do. This is about to get really popular. I don't if, know. If you're not I, in maybe. the playoff, I think it's yeah. going to get really popular. I mean, not everybody, but it's going to get really popular. Case-by-case case basis. Um you know, last year, really the only guy that did it last year with any significance was McCaffrey. Right. And being a running back, you know, I get it. Uh, and McCaffrey did that throughout the, you know, he did everything at the combine and then he, you know, barely did anything at his pro day because he didn't have to. I mean, he he was smart. Uh, and so we'll see how, if this is a, a domino effect of more, you know, especially running backs or positions like that decide to do it. And Josh Rosen will be an interesting one. Uh, last week, he got hit pretty hard in the first half and they didn't play him in the second half. Just to preserve him. If that was a, a meaningful game, Josh Rosen plays. But they wanted to preserve him, and we'll see if he plays in the ball game uh, before he's headed to the NFL. And you know, we we can stop. He's with not going to hang out with Chip. Yeah, you, we can stop with the is Rosen staying with Chip. That's it's not going to happen. Oh. Um, Mississippi State quarterback Nick Fitzgerald. He had that awful ankle injury in the Egg Bowl, uh, which I thought right there was a signal that hey, he's staying in school. But then Dan Mullen left and thought, oh well, maybe he wants to leave with his coach. Uh, you know, go to the NFL, but he put that to rest pretty quickly on on Twitter. Said he'll be back for his senior year. Uh, I think him with Joe Moorhead is going to be a great fit. Eager to see Fitzgerald next year. Um, and then I think with the we have five weeks left in the NFL schedule, so the draft order is really starting to take shape. Right now, uh, we have in the top ten, the top three. I think we have three teams competing for that top pick. The Browns at 0-11, they're the clear favorites, obviously. They might not win a game. Well, New York's trying right now. And then you have the 49ers at, with one win and, and the Giants at, with two wins. Geno Smith-led Giants. If that's not a case or a sign that the Giants are trying to tank, I don't know what is. Um, you know, the, and it's the opposite of what the 49ers are doing. The 49ers are starting Jimmy Garoppolo, who is, gives them the best chance to win. Meanwhile... Well, I think they should, though, because I, I would want to see him. Sure, Before absolutely. I'm cutting the check, I want to see him. Outside of New England, I mean, we can stop with the, you know, Garoppolo. Is he going to be somewhere else? Or he's he's the future of the 49ers. Well, and you can't leave in the NFL if a team doesn't want you to. They right. just have to give you a bunch of money. Right. You just get tagged. I've heard rumors that or people speculating, oh, they're going to swing a, trade him now. It's it's stop. Don't it's stop. Uh, Garoppolo is the future of the 49ers, uh, and with him out there, it gives them a chance to win. Uh, especially, I think the 49ers they have the Bears coming up. I think this weekend. 
they have they have a few games left on their schedule where they could get a win. And if they do, the Giants are sitting there. They're trying to get to number two. Yeah. One they, might be out of reach. Right, exactly. And they the Browns, they know the Browns likely to take a quarterback. Uh, 49ers control that at number two. You never know. The Jets could trade up. Uh, the Redskins could trade up. Uh, the Cardinals could trade up. Another team. The race for Rosen. Could trade up for that. Well, and that's even if, uh, if say, Darnold goes back. Rosen goes one. Okay, then what What about, who's the next quarterback? Is it Josh Allen? Uh, someone going to take Baker Mayfield that high? Don't make that face when you say it. Uh, hey, it's I would be I would be still be surprised if Baker Mayfield went top ten, but uh, I don't know. We'll have to we'll see about that. Uh, so yeah, the draft order is starting to play or coming to coming to view, uh, and I think the the Eli news being benched that's that's really interesting. Uh, okay, let's preview the weekend. We have title games, conference championship weekend starts Friday night with the Pac-12. This really doesn't matter. Uh, That's why they're playing on Friday. They knew it wouldn't matter. They were like, but let's get somebody to watch. Stanford, USC, uh, Sam Darnold, and USC. Uh, they already beat Stanford once. Can they do it again? It matters for uh, Bryce Love. Yeah. Trying to get to, what is he at? Is he? Can he get to 2,000? With a, with a, I think he's in the 18s. Yeah, with a big game, and then he'll have the bowl game as well. So it's definitely possible. Um, in, he's going to New York, right? You think? Bryce Love? For Heisman? Especially if he finishes strong. How many people will go? Four or five? It all depends on the the, the voting. Okay, because I think Baker. Baker's going. Lamar. I think mm-hmm. he's going. It, it depends on the voting. Yeah. Like People were upset last year when Jabril Peppers went, but yeah. that's what the... By the way, he's terrible this year. Told you. Uh-huh. Uh, Don't ever question me again. There's a... Not you, the people. No, I know. The Michigan uh, people. There's a... It depends on the voting who goes in New York. You know, whoever's close, wherever that drop off is, that's yeah. where they drop. You know, so it could be three, could be five. It just what if they on the only bring off. Baker? They're like, listen, guys, it wasn't very close. Uh, Love got a few votes. Lamar got a few votes, and Baker got the vote. Like, who's number two? Is a clear cut number two? I have no idea. I mean, Barkley's falling. That's off. why I think Lamar's going. Like, I, yeah. I think he deserves to be there, but obviously the shine isn't the same when you have you kind of just did what you did before. So it's kind of like, oh, well, yeah, we've seen that. The big difference between this year and last year is the record. Louisville's not nearly as good this year as they were last year. And they lose, um, how many did they lose last year? They lost four this year. I think last year was three or four. Well, last year, yeah, and they lost. They, it was the bowl game against LSU. They looked bad, and they lost you know one or two down the street. But they were still in the mix. For but other most than them, the I mean, maybe you invite Carryon Johnson. Well, Carryon Johnson to me is the guy that two? needs to be there. Yeah, I think. Well, and, there is no two. Well, there has to be a two. Well, I mean, someone will be in second, <laughs> but I don't think it'll be real close. No, I don't. I don't think so. Either. But I do think Carryon Johnson deserves to be there. It'll be interesting to see the finalists are. But yeah, we we both agree it's Baker Mayfield's uh, award. Uh, Saturday that brings us to Saturday starts at eleven thirty. Ele- well, it starts at eleven. Don't diss my my AAC championship game. Oh, matchup. my fault. I'm gonna be at the eleven thirty game, so that's the one I'm okay, aware of. Okay, nice. Memphis at UCF. Uh, two reasons to watch this game. First, if you can have- UCF get into the playoff? Need a big win? No. Oh, uh, and some people are outraged about that, but listen, your best wins Memphis, and, and they'd get run. So don't worry about it. I don't know. I mean, I, I well, would, if the answer is I don't know, then they they should be in. No, but no, that's a, that, that. But that's the problem. I don't know. The problem isn't yes, they or you know that they could beat a Wisconsin or what. The problem is I don't know. If UCF played, uh, say they had a win against uh, you know Florida, say they had a win against um, you know Oklahoma State in the regular season. 
then all of a sudden UCF has a legitimate chance, and they should be in. But they don't have that non-conference win, and that's what's keeping them out. Um, Memphis at UCF, like I said, two reasons to watch. First, UCF. You haven't watched that offense. It's a lot of fun. The defense is fast. Uh, A lot of reasons to watch UCF. And then also for Memphis, uh, Anthony Miller, top senior wide receiver this year for me. There are times when you watch him and you get, I hate to say this because it, people are going to blow it out of proportion, but you get like Antonio Brown flashbacks. I mean, he's that good, uh, Anthony Miller. So keep an eye on him. Uh, then, like you said, 1130, TCU, OU at uh, Jerry World on Fox. Uh, Sooners won convincingly over the Horned Frogs a couple weeks ago. I mean, do we think it's going to be any different this week? I, I don't see how it could be. I don't either. I mean, you would have to, it would have to be a complete 180. Because that game, I don't remember what the final score was, but I know that the second half didn't even matter to the Sooners. They mm. were just out there going run, run, pass, punt. That was the, that was and the case. And if you'd have caught up, they'd have played offense. That was the case against West Virginia this past week. Um, yeah, the way, you OU's, the way OU is moving the ball on offense, it's hard to see anyone stopping them right now. We have TCU listeners, so go Frogs. I hope that they have a chance. I just don't. It's just when you watch them play once, it's hard to see it. Yeah. Unless you just say home field was that massive that it affected everything. TCU, I think they'll play better on offense. I don't think they're going to, I think they'll struggle to stop OU, but I think they are a much better team on offense than they showed earlier in the year. You think Baker will hit a guy in the head with a football in warmups again? Watching him against West Virginia, he was trying so hard. Like there was a couple skirmishes. There were a couple, (laughs) like, but he stayed, he stayed out of it. He, where he was like trying to get guys away. I mean, he was, he was trying to be a boy scout and I think he's going to continue to do that. Uh, the rest of the season, uh, and it's a smart thing. Keep his nose clean. 3 p.m. Central, we have Georgia-Auburn, CBS, the SEC Championship game. Big question going into this. Carry on, John. Is he healthy? The shoulder. This guy's a warrior. That When he went out, that was his 30th carry against Alabama. I mean, this yeah. guy's averaged 30 carries uh, since he became the featured back Home announcers October. don't care about their players' health. I was listening to the Auburn stream of it <laughs> really? during the game. And after he went off, they were like, oh, goodness, carry on. I know, I know. One more series. Give us one more. And I was like, well, hold on, guys. <laughs> guys hurt. He's, he, I mean, he's the MVP of that team. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, give him credit for the strides he's made. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. But carry on, Johnson. He's uh, the main guy there. And then for this one, can Georgia... We know that they're they have a great run game, but Auburn shut them down. Yeah, they got their butts kicked at the line of scrimmage. Well, and a big part of it is that they shut down, or they they you make Fromm put the ball in the air, and he's limited. He's a true freshman, and so can Fromm make the necessary plays down the field, throwing the Javon Wims to open up that running game a little bit and get Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle a little bit of run room. I don't know. It's, that's the big kind of variable in this game. Um, I think Auburn, as long as Kerryon Johnson's healthy, they've got to be the favorite. Um, but Georgia's a very talented team. Don't count them out, especially Roquan Smith. Man, he's fun to watch. Uh, he's, like I've, I've said, a little bit undersized. But besides that, Roquan Smith has everything you want. I don't think 225 is undersized for a linebacker in the NFL anymore. Well, it's not necessarily 225. But it's, more, it's more length. It's more point of attack strength. Uh, when I say underside, that's that's more what I mean. Um, if he gets caught up on a block, he'll disengage, but a lot of times it's not in time. Backwards. <laughs> um, yeah, he just he doesn't have the necessary length, that, or you know, doesn't have the length that you want. And again, that doesn't mean he can't play. I'd still take him in the first round. It's just make sure that you're putting him in the right position to succeed when he's on your NFL team. And then the night games, uh, of course, at the same time, 
Miami, Clemson on ABC, and then Ohio State, Wisconsin on Fox. Uh, the, we're not going to know the playoff picture until after these games. Uh, and then we still might not know until yeah, all the I, rankings. I, I think we still won't know. Rankings are released on Sunday. So it's it's going to be a fun weekend. We'll have plenty to talk about next week when we digest everything and take a look at the at the rankings next week. All right. That'll do it. Uh, everybody, if you're listening, uh, would love if you would give us the old five-star review there on iTunes or however it is you listen. And then in the comment section, instead of your favorite farm animal, what should we do this week? Your favorite mm-hmm. 2015 uh, NFL draft prospect. Mm. Yeah, just let us know who it was. Which year was that? Two years ago, so that was... Was that, bef- was that after Jernigan? Is that your favorite? He's my favorite draft prospect. Wow, I didn't think him, you liked him that much. Him and Dominique Easley are two of my favorite <laughs> prospects ever. Wow. I like my D-tackles. I say, you do like your D-tackles. I like my D-tackles in the state of Florida. Whatever, leave your favorite player from... The 2014 or 15 draft that give us a five star view. We love you. We'll talk to you next week. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.